In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read some verses from 1st Timothy, chapter 6, starting from verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in an approachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Grace of God the Father be with all of us. Amen. St. Paul addressed Timothy here, and he called him man of God. Man of God. So, if we want to be people of God, godly people, we need to study this part. This part has four commandments or four instructions. So let us see these four instructions and focus on them to help us to be godly people, people of God. These four, I just, I will read the verse. The first one in verse 11, flee. Flee. Second one in the same verse, pursue. Flee, pursue. Third one, fight in verse 12. Fight. And the last one in verse 14, keep. Keep. So we have four verbs or four orders. Flee. Pursue, fight, and keep. We need actually to follow these four instructions if we want to be children of God, godly people. So, let's make it like a discussion. What we, as the children of God, we should flee. Flee means to run away, to escape. And flee has a sense of danger. If I don't run away, then something bad will happen to me. Right? For example, if there is, and God forbid, fire, we need to run away. We need to flee. If there is a snake, we need to flee. We need to run away. So what are things that can threaten our life and we need to flee or run away from? What do you think? As youth in our age, what do we need to flee from? From any addictive behavior. 
any addictive behavior. It can be drugs, it can be games, it can be social media, it can be TV, anything addictive. Alcohol, of course, and smoking included. So we need to flee from addictive behavior. Why? If I am addicted to something, means I am a slave to it. Addiction means I have to do it. I don't have the freedom not to do it. So I'm a slave. But we as children of God, we should be free. If the sun set you free, then you are free. When I am addicted to something, this became God for me, God with small g. So instead of worshiping God, I'm worshiping this idol. So it is actually idolatry. Idolatry. I am worshiping another idol next to God. Any addictive behavior, I cannot serve to master. Either this or that. But addictive behavior also, it's harmful. For example, if you are addictive to games or to social media, you will waste time on these games or in social media and you will not have time to study or to uh, do your homework and sometimes when we find a person not doing well in his academic life we predict we say maybe he became addictive to any uh, wrong behavior so it's harmful i cannot pursue academia in the right way, it will affect me. Right? Besides, there are certain addictions, addiction like drugs. It can actually destroy my brain cells. Smoking, it can cause cancer to my lung. Social media, it will actually destroy your social skills. You will not People who actually sit behind the screen for a long time, they know very well how to communicate behind the screen. But on a personal level, one-to-one, they don't know. They, they forgot all the social skills. That's very harmful. Alcohol. Many people actually get in car accidents because they're drinking and driving. Alcohol causes liver cirrhosis. Alcohol cause is actually central nervous system depression. People suffer from depression. Drugs, unfortunately, and I'm saying this, are very sad. Many youth die from overdosage. They, so, etc., etc. So, it, it, it's harmful. So, we need to flee from addictive behavior. What else? Temptation. I will expand on this actually and I say temptation and all sexual immorality especially in our age now while we are growing up we are tempted mainly by sexual immorality and we need to know how to deal with this instinct how not to suppress it and how not to abuse it in the right way. And St. Paul said to Timothy, 
who was a youth but a bishop. He told him, flee youthful, not useful, youthful lusts. Youthful the lusts that tempt the youth. And when actually you have a strong relationship with God, so all your desires will be satisfied because God can satisfy all our desires. Here actually you will deal with your sexuality in the right way. You will not suppress it, but at the same time you will not abuse it. Sex is gift from God to us to glorify God, to participate with Him in have in, in making children, you know. But it has to there is boundaries. It has to be used within the boundaries of marriage. Outside the boundaries of marriage, it's hurtful. It it can be damaging to the person and harmful to the person. Uh, so we need to be aware how to deal with sexuality in the right way. So we need to flee from addictive behavior, from temptation and sexual immorality. What else we need to flee, to run away from? All of us, there are things actually can trigger me. Although these things in itself is not sinful, but it can cause temptation to me or trigger me, trigger me to anger, trigger me to judgment, trigger me to lying, anything. So I need to be aware. What are my wrong buttons? What are the triggers that actually cause me to sin? For example, in, in, our, in your age, you are still growing between childhood and adulthood. Especially, I'm speaking those between 13 and 19 or 20, in, in this age. So sometimes during this age, of course, when we go more toward the 19, we are more mature than if you are 13, 14. And during this time, you want actually not to be identified with your parents, because you are growing into maturity. You want actually to separate yourself, to say, I am different from my parents. I'm differentiated than them. So, the first thing to send this message is not to obey them or to rebel against them. And this in itself can be a trigger for anger or for a wrong behavior, a rebellious behavior. For example, your parents will tell you, let's pray together. They did not say anything wrong. They telling you, let's pray together. Then you get angry. Don't control me. I am grown up now. I, I know when to pray. Don't tell me ever, let's pray together. So you need to, to be aware. Why, why you responded this way? They didn't tell you anything wrong. They are telling you, let us go to the church. Or you did not actually serve as a deacon for a long time. Why don't you go today and serve as a deacon? You get angry when you hear these comments. Why you get angry? I want you to think. Well, examine yourself. 
Why a comment like this makes you angry? What do you think? Why a comment like this? You did not serve a deacon for a long time, or let us go to church, or fasting will start next week, and let's all fast. Why comments like this can trigger anger in you? The point here. Then I want to think about it. If they are giving me a good advice, why I want to say no? Why I want to say no? And this, I mean, excuse that I don't have a choice. In reality, we do have a choice. But why I say no to something beneficial for me? Because, I, I, again, my, in my mind, now I'm grown up, and actually, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. But is this type of thinking is helpful or not? If somebody gives you a good advice, and you tell them, no, I'm not going to do it. Is this helpful or not? Is this the right right thing to do? If you say no, you proved a point that you are grown up and you can make your own choices. But at the end, I'm losing opportunity to do something right. So which one to choose? To choose to prove a point that you are now going to make your own choices? Or, you know, the other side to lose opportunity of doing something right. Definitely, I agree with you. If parents are controlling and actually they force me to do something, even if it's good against my own will, I will not benefit from it. And that's what we say to the parents. When your children become adolescent or teenager, don't force them. Forcing will get actually the opposite result. But try to talk with them, have a dialogue with them, you know. So definitely I agree, you should not be forced in, in you know, to do something even if it's good. You cannot be, for, you should not be forced. But on the other side, from our point of view, as teenager, as adolescent, which is better? To make a point that I am different, I have, I will make my own choices, or if I was told to do something right, you know, I will do it and take this opportunity. Which is better? When God said to Adam, don't eat. Adam had free will. He did not, he did not listen. And he and Eve ate from the forbidden tree. What happened to them? Death, corruption, sin entered in the world, all these things. So, yes, we have free will, but we need to know how to use the free will in the right way. How to use free will in the right way. So, in order to cover the rest of the point, we need to think, the first homework I want to do, or exercise I want you to do when you go home, you know, get a piece of paper and write, I want to flee from. And actually, list the point that you personally, as individual, you should flee from. What are your temptations? What are your triggers? What are your addictive behaviors? And write them down. 
I, I want to, to flee from lying. I want to flee from drinking. I want to flee from uh, wasting my time on social media. Write it down to you and make it a goal during the great fast that will start one week from today through the grace of God, how to flee from these things, right? Do you agree to do this homework? To write down, I want to flee from and make the list. Because each one of us, our list will be different. My list will be different than your list. But we need to have this list clear to know what I should flee from. Right? Okay. The second word, do you remember it? Pursue. Pursue. St. Paul mentioned to pursue six things. He said, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. In order to remember these six points or six things, I actually will put them in pairs. Each pair has two. So have three pairs. The first pair is righteousness and godliness. Righteousness and godliness. In a simple words, what righteousness is? Righteousness from the word right. So righteousness is to do what is right. What is right? What's godliness? To have the fear of God inside your heart. That's what uh, godliness means. To fear God. To know that God is is watching over you. To fear not to be terrified or trembled by God or terrorized by Him. But, you know, out of respect. You respect God. So when you respect God, you will not do something wrong in His presence. Like, you respect Abuna, so if Abuna is around, you will refrain from doing something wrong in, in his presence. So if we understand God is with us all the time, then we will be walking in the fear of God. That's godliness. Right? Why I paired godliness with righteousness? One leads to other. One internal and one external. Which one is internal? Godliness. And what is one external? Righteousness. To do what's right. Okay. If I do what's right, but there is no godliness, what we call it? Hypocrisy. Right? I'll be hypocrite. That's why St. Paul said, pursue righteousness and godliness. If he said pursue righteousness best, maybe I'll be hypocrite. And and I will fall in self-righteousness, like the scribe and Pharisees. They were righteous, but they were not godly. That's why God told them, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. They were righteous from outside, but they were not godly. That's why St. Paul, very precise, pursue righteousness and godliness. This righteousness should come from godliness. godliness, fear of God in your heart. Second pair, faith and love. What's faith? Faith comes with two meanings in the Bible. Trusting and believing. So, 
When I say I have faith in you, this means I trust you. But faith also comes with your believing system. What do you believe in? Like our creed. Right? That's what faith is. Believing and trusting. So, faith is internal or external? Internal. If I have, if I believe in the sound doctrine, then I believe in God. So what is the external expression of faith? Faith will be expressed in one word. Love. So that's why he paired faith with love. Because God is love. So if I believe in God, then I believe in what? In love. Because God is love. Then actually externally, I will be loving to God, to my brothers and sister, and also to my enemies. So I'd be loving to God, loving to to brothers and sisters. I, I'm not speaking about biological brothers and sisters, but those in the faith. And also I'd be loving to my enemies. And this works, what differentiate uh, or distinguish Christianity from any other religion. No other religion teaches you to love your enemies, only Christianity. Because we believe in the true God, God who is love. That's why through His grace we can love our enemies. Because we believe in the true God. Can you connect the first pair with the second pair? How you connect? Godless is the fear of God. But if I am worshipping a false God, like people who are worshipping idols, their godliness will be right or wrong. Yeah, they, they will respect their false God, but, you know, this godliness will not be the right godliness because they are fearing a false God. That's why after he said godliness, he mentioned what? Faith and love. Did you see the logic or you don't see the logic? Because, yeah. and I don't you to memorize it. If you understand it, you can actually remember them. So what I need to pursue, number one, righteousness. Number two, godliness. Number three, faith. Number four, love. The last pair, patience and gentleness. Patience and gentleness. To pursue righteousness, to pursue godliness, to pursue faith, to pursue love, like loving my enemies. Is it something easy or can be challenging? So what do I need? I need patience, you know, because the, as the Lord said, those who endure to the end will be saved. So definitely I need patience in order to pursue this list. But patience, I can be patient, but from within I'm angry. I have no other choice. So I'm patient. But from within, I am so angry. I am boiling from uh, within. Is this true patience? So with patience, what do I need? Gentleness. So now you know why he paired patience with gentleness. So what's gentleness? From within, to be calm. Not to be angry. How can I get this gentleness? Gentleness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. 
So if I am filled with the Spirit, if I have the true faith, and I am filled with the Spirit, then I will have gentleness. This gentleness will be expressed externally in what? In patience. Right? So, this where there is one internal and one external. Right? If you understand, you will be easy to remember them. Number one, righteousness. External or internal? External. Number two, godliness. Internal or external? Internal. Number three, faith. Bravo, Alik. Internal or external? Number four, external or internal? Okay, number five, patience. Internal or external? And number six, gentleness. Very good. Now you don't have to memorize it because there is logic here connecting these six points. So I need to flee addictive behavior, triggers, temptation, and I need to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. So we finished two uh, instructions. Then the third one, he told him, fight the good fight. There is fighting according to the rules, or fighting not according to the rules. In the soccer game or football, he violated the rule. We, we actually, he was able to get a goal. Is he going to consider this a point for him or against him? Against, because he did not follow the rule. Exactly. So, fighting the good fights means you need to follow the rule. Who said the rule? Who said the rule of a good fight? God. God. Okay. And where can I find these rules? In the Bible. So, if I start to play soccer, but I don't know the rules, do you think then I, I can fight the good fight? I can win the game? So, in order to win a game, number one, I, I need to study and be aware of what? Of the rules. If you want actually to fight the good fight spiritually, you need to be aware and to know what? The rules. And where the rules written in the scripture. Which means you need to do what? I need, listen, to read the Bible. Then to understand it as the early church father explained the Bible. Number three, I need to keep it in my heart. As St. Paul said, let the word of God dwell richly in you. If I know the rules, I studied the rules, but I forgot them. Going to help me? So I need actually to memorize the rules. And number four, to apply them in my life. When I, I play, I need to apply the rules. In the same way, when I fight the good fight, I need to apply the rules. So, to read the Bible is not just reading a chapter every day, but to read it, to understand it, to keep it in my heart, and then actually to, to apply it in my life. So, fighting the good fight, number one, I need to do the rules. Number two, I need to have the will to fight. Sometimes we don't have the will. We take the easy way. 
all of you, you know, you should study hard in order to make good grades. Some of us know this, but they choose not to study hard. So you don't get good grades. So we need to train fighting the good fight. I need to train my will. And the best way to train your will to develop self-control is fasting. Because with fasting, actually, you strengthen your will. In fasting, I say, no, I'm not going to eat this food. I will eat this. So I'm strengthening my will. So you need actually to strengthen your will. And thank God, now, the next week, the fast will start. If you want actually to exercise and strengthen your will, you need to fast. But some people, they fast and with first temptation, they break the fast. I know somebody who broke the fast 55 times. Medicine, no self-control. As St. Paul said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest after I preach it others, I myself be disqualified. Discipline, very important. In order actually to have the will, fasting and discipline is very important. Number one, to know the rules. Number two, to discipline yourself and to have the will. Something else actually will help you is support system. Support system. If you are getting bored studying, what are you going to do? But you want to study. You, you will actually ask to study with somebody. That's what we call support system. Two are better than one. So if I'm getting bored, I will ask somebody to come and study with me. So we'll encourage one another. In the same way, you need to have a support system while you are fighting the good fight. And, and with a support system, you need to have accountability. Somebody to hold you accountable. And the best support system and the best one to hold you accountable is your spiritual father. And this is one of the blessings of having a spiritual father. He will be your support system. He will encourage you. He will motivate you. And also, he will hold you accountable. So, when you're going to give him a report about your progress in fighting the good fight, how to pursue these six points, what are you doing? You're going to write a list, I will flee from, and you write this list. You need actually to report your spiritual father, what did you do with this list? Are you pursuing these six things or not? And are you fighting the good fight? And he will help you by his prayer, by his guidance, and by holding you accountable to continue in this. Fight the good fight. And what's beautiful here, when we fight the good fight, we will like, and lay hold on eternal life. So once you fight the good fight, as if you hold the eternal life, you have the down payment, the pledge of the eternal life. When you study well, as if you are laying hold on success, on passing the exam. In the same way, when you fight the good fight, you lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called. God called all of us not actually to perish in the lake of fire. He called us to be saved and to inherit the eternal life and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 
When we are baptized, we do two things. If we were baptized while we were infants, our parents do it on our behalf. But those who were baptized when they are adult, they do two things. They renounce Satan and they actually make a confession to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And usually they do these things publicly. That's what he meant here. And you confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So when you fight the good fight, you lay hold on eternal life for which you were called. You were called to inherit the eternal life. And also we accepted this on the day of our baptism and we confessed the good confession in front of many witnesses. Then the last point, now يعني, he gave uh, يعني, a long introduction for the last point. He told them, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things. I urge you. So the, the last point is very important. I urge you. And he said, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things. So God who gives life to all things, he will give life to me even if I was dead because of my sins or when I die physically. So in the sight of God the Father who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. What he's urging us to do that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until the Lord Jesus Christ appearing. So this commandment to fight the good fight, to flee from youthful lust, from temptation, from addictive behavior, from triggers, and to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. He wants us to keep this commandment uh, without spot, blameless. What does it mean without spot, blameless? Perfect. How to keep this commandment without spot and blameless? You know, usually people give me one of the three answers when I tell them, I, I want you to be consistent in your prayer. So, what are the three common answers to tell me, yes, I will do? I will try. I'll do my best. I'll do whatever it takes. So, to keep the commandment blameless and without spot, to do whatever it takes, to fight until blood shed, as St. Paul said in Hebrews chapter 4. Joseph the righteous, he put in his heart to flee from temptation. So when his master's wife tried to tempt him, he ran away. And he ran away and ended up where? In jail. In jail. But he preferred to be in jail rather than to defile himself. That is to keep the commandment without spot and blameless. I am willing to be in jail, to be in prison rather than to commit this great wickedness. As he said, how can I commit this great wickedness and sin against God? That is fighting the good fight. That is keeping the commandment without spot and blameless.
and until when sometimes يعني after مثلا we confess or we start fasting we يعني or a new year and I like this new year resolution all of us who make resolution and maximum by January 3rd خلاص so we'll keep them January 1st 2nd and by 3rd مثلا بعد January 3rd وخلاص أنا I will wait until my birthday when you wait until birthday if you're born on March 1st then you will keep it until March 3rd second opportunity run how many years until now you made the same resolution and you did not do it because we are not fighting the good fight we are not keeping the commandment without spot or blindness Baba Shunda Kandamani the main difference between the saints and us seriousness if we are serious we will be saints keep the commandment until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. So if you're going to live until the second coming of Christ, you need to keep the commandment until his coming. And the rest of the verse 15 and 16, it's like zoxology, praising God. So to be a man of God, to be children of God, we need to flee, flee, pursue, fight, and keep. Flee what? Temptation, addictive behavior, triggers. To pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. And to fight, fight the good fight. You number one, to know the rules. And number two, to have the will to do it. Self-discipline, self-control. And number three, to have support system. Lord will pray for me, motivate me, and, and, and hold me accountable. And who is the best support system for you? Is your father of provision. To fight the good fight, I need to know the rules. And I need to have, well, discipline. And also I need to have support system. And number four, the fourth commandment, to keep without, or, so which word I'm going to use, I will try, I will choose whatever it takes, to fight until bloodshed, for how long, until second coming of Christ, glory be to God forever and ever, Amen.